Today, in episode two of Small Talk with Elise, we will be talking about me. <laughs> we will actually be talking about me. I am with Justin, my husband here, and we will be talking about my experience with being sick in high school from an intolerance to dairy products. All right. Well, thanks for that introduction, Sangji. And I mean, intolerance to dairy. I, I mean, this is such a big star- story, big part of your life. I know it's influenced a lot of your interests in terms of cooking and healthy eating and living and exercise and stuff. So I'm excited to kind of dissect this, hear about your experience, your story with the doctors, with medicine and all these types of things and dig into how it affected you really and what type of impact it's had on you up to this day. Yeah. Awesome. So... But before I begin telling my story, I want to um, just tell everyone that this is, I'm simply just sharing my personal story and the solutions that have worked for me to, um, to work uh, on this, the health problem that I had. I'm not saying that this will work for everyone. So just a disclaimer before I begin telling my story. Sure. So, Sangji, why don't we start with from the beginning? What's how would you introduce this story? How would you tell people about this dairy intolerance? How'd you figure out about it? We want to hear all the details. Yeah. So, I'm not sure exactly when it started. I'm guessing probably around when I was fifteen, fifteen, sixteen. It was when I started real um, noticing the symptoms. But my symptoms basically came first with my stomach problem. Just, um, yeah. Um, I started, I guess, feeling pain in my upper stomach. So if you look at your uh, anatomy, your stomach, which is the first area the food goes to after it passes through the esophagus, is on the upper left part of your tummy and when I was around 15 I started feeling like burning sensation in my left upper area of my tummy and on top of that I remember getting heartburn um, but mainly the burning sensation was getting worse and worse. So yeah. did it affect any of the, you know, did you have diarrhea symptoms, anything like that? Yeah, I had diarrhea as well. I remember getting diarrhea a lot. But I think one thing that was interesting was these symptoms, the burning sensation and diarrhea, it didn't happen like uh, just once in a while. It didn't happen just after I eating, just after eating certain foods. It just happened all the time like and it just was like gradual like it gradually increased the symptoms yeah so what was the biggest part that bothered you about it because i remember when i was young i had some stomach issues as well (laughs) 
you know, in all honesty, but I don't think I was very aware of these types of things bodily. I just thought it was a na- I ate too much, so then I was having a stomach problem, and it, I just brushed it off, so it didn't really matter. So what really prompted you to care about it? Because for a lot of people, they're not really aware, especially at a younger age. They think it's just, oh, I just ate too much today, or maybe I ate too much you know, unhealthy food or something. Yeah, well, it's pretty hard to not notice the severe burning feeling like inside you. So even like when I would push the upper left part of my tummy, I could feel the burning like inside of me, which is weird anyway. But anyway, it started from that, but it gradually got worse. So it, it proceeded to, I started having like muscle pain. It's like almost so much inflammation I could feel all throughout my body. Muscle inflammation and then joint stiffness in joints so i could feel that my joints were getting inflamed as well okay um and then and then i started having a lot of skin problems so i started getting really severe acne on my face it was it wasn't just like the few pimples you get it was like it covered all of my like cheeks, my forehead, I would get a lot of pimples on my nose. It was very embarrassing. I think yeah. if anyone here is um, listening from my high school, they would remember how severe it was. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's hard as a as a you know a kid in junior high, high school, having that much acne. I just remember my friends and others would, they would call people like that pizza face. It was, <laughs> it was probably, you know... Sounds harmless, but it was actually kind of one. I could see how it's very <laughs> harmful to people when they get called that. It's, oh, I thought you meant you could see how it resembles a pizza. No. <laughs> I, I, I can see why it calls it pizza face, but it's a really sensitive thing when you have acne. And I, what I think is funny is that in Asian culture, they're so blunt that if you have a zit on your forehead... <laughs> The first thing they're going to say to you when they see you is you have a zit on your forehead. <laughs> and of course, you already know you have a zit on your forehead, but they're going to tell you that anyways. But yeah. anyways, you know, maybe it's not as obvious. But still, I think when people look at someone with a large amount of acne on their face, for me anyways, I kind of feel like almost a big sympathy or kind of like a little cringy, like, ouch, that's got to hurt a lot. And yeah. that would be hard if I was looking in the mirror and seeing that. I would feel really bad. So how did that affect you, you know, socially, mentally, emotionally? What were some of the effects of that? Yeah, in all seriousness, it was very painful to go through. Um, Not only physically, like I could feel the physical pain from acne too. Just like when I would smile, it would just, because I would get the very deep kind of pimples. Yeah. So when I would smile, I could feel that pain around my cheeks. Um, and just like, you know, they tell you to not squeeze it, but just squeezing it, so painful. But aside from that, there was nothing. The physical pain was nothing, but the emotional pain that came from acne was very, yeah, I really do feel like that has shaped a lot of, um, how, yeah, who I am right now, actually. Yeah, um... I would say, like, I think, like you said, during the high school years, we learn in in psychology that during your 
um, your teenage years, you tend to, it's normal that teenagers think a lot about how other people would perceive them. So I think in high school when I was going through with this acne, it was at that point in my life where I cared a the most about what other people thought. So on top of that, having acne was just like a disaster for me. But um, I guess I just remember the times when I would walk into a crowd um, of girls in my high school and I could see the shock in their faces. I was like, wow, oh my goodness, it's so bad. And I, I actually remember walking into um, a classroom of girls and then um, and then what I could actually hear one of the girls whispering to another girl. Oh my goodness, look at her face. It's so bad. Oh my, what happened to her? Yeah. Um, and I remember listening to, like, I, be, I knew that everyone was thinking that inside, but actually hearing that, um, being vocalized, I think it just hurt me even more. Yeah, and I, I, I remember did. turning around and going to the bathroom and just crying. Like, yeah, oh yeah that's that sounds very yeah. Difficult. And yeah, it just it was just difficult. And there were times I really didn't want to go to school because of just I need a break from this. And even when I went to school, I avoided going to the Whenever I went to the bathroom at school, I would make sure that I don't look at the mirror. Because when I'm washing my hands, I would um, I would deliberately just wash my hands, just looking at my uh, looking at my hands, so that I don't I don't remind myself of how severe my acne is when I go to the bathroom, and that actually helped. <laughs> but yeah. um, yeah. So well, I'll, I'll just add real quick that. I think it's especially harder for younger kids because, I mean, and a younger girl too, because as you know, guys are always ugly, but girls, you, you know, you have your appearance, but when you're that young, you don't really have much else to feel good about. You're not someone that's had a lot of experience doing things. You don't feel accomplished. It's not like you have a career, a job. You don't have any of that type of stuff figured out. You're just barely figuring out um, that, like how to make friends how to socialize, uh, you're going through puberty. There's so many things to feel sensitive about, and I'd say that just amplifies it that much more for those for those younger kids. So I could definitely see the magnification of how difficult that would be mentally for, for yeah. someone. Like By that. saying that, I do feel like I grew a lot from having to go through that because um, having to go through that acne at such through that severe acne at such a young age, I do feel that I was kind of pushed to think less about what how other people would judge me. Okay. And also to develop that um, genuine empathy towards people who who have disfigure any disfiguration that yeah that they could feel self conscious from. So what I would yeah, say especially since I I could when I first saw you I had no idea you would have any level yeah. of that. And a lot of people with that severe acne in their younger ages, they have a lot of scars on their cheeks. Yeah. And it's not something that goes away very easily. So it I mm. think that is also another thing that would be 
for you a blessing is that you'd be able to show people like, hey, look, I had a lot of bad acne before, but you know it's yeah. fine now. You look great, of course, beautiful. Yeah. Anyways, but anyways, <laughs> um, so actually, I didn't want to delve into my acne as much, but I wanted to go back to this illness, just general illness, the muscle pain, the joint pain, the stomach ache, um, and the acne. Just overall, my health was not in a good state in my high school years, and I went to the doctors. I went to the GP, several GPs, and um, the GP that I went to, they recommended, they uh, prescribed me with omeprazole, which is a uh, hydrogen pump inhibitor, um, and yep. basically it makes it so that your stomach produces less acid, because they suspected, they, they saw that I have gastritis, which is the inflammation of my stomach lining, so they're like, oh, let's cut down the amount of acid you're producing. Now, how did they know your stomach lining was inflamed? Oh, just from uh, explaining explain okay. my symptoms. And, yeah. And um, they gave me antacids, and they told me to take the antacid every time before and after eating every meal. And, yeah, so I went home with the prescribed medic medication, and I took them every single day, every time I ate a meal. But um, even trying, even um, taking the medication for weeks, nothing. It didn't help. There was no changes with my muscles, my, with my uh, joint pain, with my stomach ache. Nothing was improving. Um, so I guess... That's when I started to think about what other like problems this could be. Um, but I, one time, so it, I started to realize that this all these problems are coming from my intolerance to dairy. Um, Wait, but how did you know you were intolerant to dairy? Yeah, so so I drank milk. Oh, I didn't tell you about this part. So when the doctor prescribed me the medication, the antacids and omeprazole, he also told me to drink milk. Mm -hmm. He said, oh, your stomach is producing a lot of acid. You need to drink more milk because milk has a um, higher pH. It's, le it's more basic, so it will neutralize the ex ex excess amount of acid that you have in your stomach. So make sure that you drink a lot of milk. So after that, I um, started drinking milk more. Yeah. And I remember after drinking a cup of milk, I felt fine. And um, my sister was like, <clears throat> my sister was like, Ooh, Sangji, your breath stinks. <laughs> yeah, I trust Jisoo to tell me about those things. <laughs> anyway, um, so she told me that, and that's when I first started thinking about, wait, could it be? Could it be that I have an intolerance to milk? That's when I first started to think about that. So, so did your your stomach feel worse during this process when you were drinking more milk? You were taking the antacids. How would you compare it with? previously when you're feeling that burning in the sore joints and muscles yeah. and stuff i feel like because i was sick all the time like i felt like i was sick all the time that 
when I drank milk, the the sick feeling that I got was it wasn't that much different. Yeah. So ah, okay. that's why that's one of the reasons why I couldn't detect that it was the milk before. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. But when she told me that I have a stinky breath after drinking milk, that's when I stopped drinking milk. Yeah, full stop. So I stopped uh, eating dairy, pro- not just milk, um, but yogurt, ice cream, cheese, all of that. I cut out for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then my symptoms, like things started to get better. I started... How, how dramatic me. was it how, when you stopped for two weeks? Acne started going away, no sore muscles. Yeah, like it was, it was pretty dramatic. Like you knew it was... It was the dairy products. Yeah, I, I definitely knew then. Uh, I guess, I think the first thing I noticed was my stomach started to get better. It, less of the burning pain, less upset, and it just started to calm down more. And I could feel it getting, yeah, um... I feel, I could feel the lining of my stomach healing. I don't I know that's kind of weird, but I could actually kind of feel it over time. Well, it wasn't just s- it wasn't just the two weeks, but okay. like months after. When yeah. you say that you felt it healing, I would kind of think of if I scraped my knee, it starts to scab, and then after it scabs, it gets a little itchy when the skin starts growing back over it. That type of feeling, it was healing, or. What would yeah. you say? I know people probably think this is so weird, but I actually could feel the lining of my stomach um, feeling in that kind of s- the same sensation. Interesting. Yeah. But um, after... Well, after so I want to ask, <clears throat> did you go back to the doctor and say, hey, buddy, like, what you told me was the exact opposite. Like, they, they totally screwed that one up. Yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you about this too. <laughs> I missed this part of the story, but when I went to the doctor, um, um, with the after the meprazoles and and the um, antacids, after those two not working, mm-hmm. I went to the GP again, and and when she heard about my symptoms, she did a blood check, and she did an ANA antibody blood check and they she saw that my anti like my immune system was acting way too much it's okay. overreacting and, and this was prior to figuring out dairy wasn't your thing yeah this was prior okay i was meant to fit that in before i talked about the dairy part but anyway um so she actually suspected that i may may have an autoimmune disease called lupus because I, yeah, my results came out positive for that, and the 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 positive result meant that I could possibly have lupus. But the symptoms that I was explaining to her, and also on top of that, the blood test results kind of confirmed to me, I I think we have lupus. I think you have lupus, and unfortunately, there isn't anything you can do about it to he- completely heal it. Well, what's lupus? I don't uh, for people that don't know. Lupus is basically when your autoimmune, um, uh, when your immune system attacks your own body cells. Okay. So, 
Yeah, I know some people get skin rashes. That's when uh, the immune system starts attacking your skin cells. But a lot of times it can be anywhere in the body. So, yeah, it's, it's almost like, yeah. That really scared me, honestly, that I, the when the doctor suspected that I have lupus, that scared me very much. But um, when I found out that I'm intolerant to dairy and I st stopped taking dairy products, and when all my symptoms started going away, I started to doubt that I have, I don't, yeah, that I have lupus. Yeah. I, d I don't have an autoimmune disease. This is just a food intolerance. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, a lot of those autoimmune disease, it seems like from talking to other people that have these problems, when they make a dramatic change in their lifestyle, such as diet, a lot of those symptoms kind of taper off. So it almost makes me wonder, as a non-doctor, that autoimmune disease are caused by some type of insensitivity, some type of allergic reaction towards certain foods that they're, that it just seems like a common part. Like, why would I ever be sensitive to that? And, mm. and it's causing these bigger problems. But I don't know. Yeah. It's just something I I mean, of. as I said in the beginning, I... I know that there are people with autoimmune diseases who probably who have tried all different diets and their diet changes are not really helping with their symptoms. So I know this doesn't apply to everyone, but I do think that um, probably more than we assume, a lot of the people suffering from autoimmune diseases, they see that there is they can manage their symptoms with um, elimination of their of yeah. things in their diet and we can talk about um jordan peterson's diet yeah. and his his daughter michaela peterson and their stories mm -hmm. as well i know their diet's extreme they uh for those who don't know they only they literally only consume meat um it's, it's beef i think beef, just yeah beef. red red meat red meat yeah they'll put some salt, salt. on it and water, nothing else. Nothing else. They'll maybe sparkling water that yeah, makes yeah. it kind of a little more flavorful, but. But I know that's an extreme diet, and I know a lot of medical professionals would be very critical against, uh, yeah, critical towards that. But, but I, I can empathize with Michaela. Well, give Peterson, them a little background yeah. because it's they had a lot. Michaela Peterson, his daughter had a lot of joint issues, arthritis. She actually had to replace, had ankle replacements and stuff. Jordan Peterson himself, he's a famous psychologist. He's no, he's no, you know, dietitian or nutritionist, but he is a scientist in some sense. Mm. Um, but he has, he had a lot of autoimmune diseases and I guess specifically like depression. He was gaining a lot of weight. He didn't sleep well, anxiety. So a lot of these little things that, were really affecting the quality of his life and his mood and, and stuff like that. But they started on this diet, and they've been doing it now for over a year, I believe. And Jordan Peterson has lost lots of weight. He looks loads better. He says that he's gone blood tests from the uh, – he's taking them for the insurance company and stuff. His cholesterol's way down. All of their symptoms have improved dramatically, him and his daughter, so much to the extent that it's not like they're pushing to say – People should try this meat diet, but they're saying, you know, if I kept eating all these other foods, things could be a lot worse than it is now. And right now, he's just in such a better state. And he says it's he attributes it to him cutting out basically everything except meat because maybe his body can 
only tolerate a very small amount of things and what he knows it to be is that red meat yeah yeah so that's it's such an interesting story and i yeah i can empathize with them very much just because of my personal story yeah hmm i wondering i think what i'm just wondering what we can learn from this uh, these just these two well, my what, story what would you and say? What, what would you say you ultimately what would you tell another person from your uh intolerance to dairy your, this experience that you had you know the emotional mental pain that you suffered and also getting the wrong recommendations from the doctors etc what would you ultimately say i guess is something that you have learned from this experience I guess I think the biggest lesson that I've learned from this experience is that I really am responsible for my own health. A lot of times people, um, if I only relied on doctor, uh, on, the, on the doctor and their recommendation and didn't really think about things outside of that, then I would have never gotten a... Um, I would have never been able to relieve this problem. Yeah. So, I I feel that from this, I learned that doctors' recommendations and their thoughts are um, things that you have to take into account to really judge your own health. But um, you have to also very much listen to your body. Yeah. Think about what other problems it could be. It could be... I, is it your? Are you having stress from relationships? Are you, um, are you ha- like me? Are you um, having any intolerance to any foods? Are you um, not managing your exercise routines as much, or um, all these other factors that could play into how your health is? Um, I think it just opened my eyes to how important it is that we look. Each person looks at their own, takes responsibility for their own health and really consider all these other things that could be, um, get, could be the source of the problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I guess this could be said for another episode. We have maybe like four minutes or so yeah. left here. But I mean, I just wanted to say like, because this conversation I think is, is great. A lot of people can't think that they can go to the doctor and the doctor can subscribe a pill to them and then they're healed. And that's kind of the mindset that is prevalent in the West. But again, I would have a lot of MD friends or family members or you know people that are very well respected. They know the scientific literature. They're, they're competent. And they would be hesitant to you know kind of swing the other direction where – Everyone, you know, you have the anti-vaxxers, you have the essential oil moms, you have all these people that are saying, hey, look, I just dab some peppermint oil and I'm healed. And, you know, those things, they feel great, but it's not scientific in the sense. And I, my general feeling is that there's such a deep distrust for authority anyways now. And that can be good and bad, but especially towards medicine. That's why there's all these alternative methods. There's all these moms that are getting into these 
different types of ways to treat their children because they're worried. They ran into bad experiences. Their kid got some type of vaccine and something went wrong. And that's, you know, the very 0.001% chance, but it happened. And they don't trust the medical industrial complex anymore. They don't trust the pharmacies. Um, but I would say these MDs, these scientists, they would say, yes, there's the chance that these bad things would happen. But spreading this type of we should go take care of our own health, don't trust the doctors. I know you're not exactly saying that. Yeah. It could really undermine the very foundation of authority that the medical community is based on. And they would say, what we're trying to do is cast a really big general net and say, hey, this works for most of the people. So we should just go with it. And if there's anything, we can try to work it out. But we can't completely dis just burn the whole thing down. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I, I also have to add that all these experiences I've had, it doesn't, it hasn't really, like, completely um it completely destroyed my trust towards medical doctors yeah. and science. Uh, my major, whole, the four years I've been at BYU, my major was based on science, nutritional science, which really focused on the biochemistry and every, of, of our body and nutrition. And, and it really, I, I still feel that it's very important to look at evidence-based medicine but I would say from my story and from other, other people's stories, like Jordan Peterson and his daughter, medical professionals can um, take into account that what the, the, there is no one-size-fits-all for their medicine. And we're still learning so much about, about personalized medicine that it's important to um, remember the just take into account of all the possibilities that some treatments may not work for one person that, that can work for another person. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I think that was a very, you know, great conversation about your story, your experience with dairy. We would love to have more conversations around these alternative methods, especially those that are, you know, it's kind of a joke, the essential oils thing, but I would love to talk to someone that's <laughs> really into that stuff. Yeah. And I'll really, I won't laugh at you. I just yeah. will listen with an open mind. And anyone that's into other alternative treatments, and I actually know quite a few. I have, you know, relatives and stuff that and are my, actually... My dad. Yeah, yeah, really into this. And I think there's some value to it. Yeah. So I think we should talk about this. We'll probably have some other episodes later elaborating on these things but thank you again Sangji for sharing your story yeah. and I think that's going to wrap it up for, for today Thanks but today. please tune in next week and we'll have some more for you okay. she shuts the doors and lights and lays a body on the bed images and words are running deep she has too much pride to pull the sheets above her head so quietly she lays and waits for sleep